fine. So, so when you teaching the the hair textures about from three from three to four, are you just are you letting them know like it's a fine curl or a fine curl or a medium I'm coarse a fine, texture? Medium to coarse. Yeah. When I'm talking to the consumer, no. Cause I don't I, understand. I, my conversation different when I teach to stylists, professional stylists, and consumers. Yeah. On the consumer, have to to break it down to a, um, a mild form so they can understand because yeah. they won't understand. People know when they see fine. Yeah. They think it's the day, But when it comes down to hair tech, you want to you want to learn about process. Right. The porosity of the hair to me is more important than a 4A, 4B, 4C because learning a porosity when you're a consumer that will determine what type of product that you can use on the hair. So you got high, medium, and low porosity. Right. That's what determines what is going on with your hair. Right. Until the consumer get an understanding of that, they are not going to know. You know, they get confused with ABC because ABC, all the hair has the same characteristics. Mm-hmm. They deal with shrinkage, they deal with dryness, mm-hmm. but 4C hair, is more the the more stress one on the market and you can have a mixture of it exactly so that's why i can be kind of confusing like when people look at hair and if i take a 4c hair and i take it real silky and straight mm-hmm. some people say that she don't have 4c hair mm-hmm. that's the opposite she does have 4c hair Jeremy cut you 4c hair don't get it messed up the way it's supposed to look ugly to what because they don't know porosity but they don't understand the porosity of it yeah you know what i'm saying yeah so the drier the hair the more movement that the hair gonna have See, don't that make sense? Yeah. The drier the hair, the more lightweight it is. It is. So it that's is. why the, the, the beauty and the bounce is more pronounced and found in 4T hair than it is in the other texture of hair. But however, it's the most sensitive hair, and it's the hair that people tend to need less product on mm-hmm. because it absorbs everything, and people with 4T hair are the ones that tend to have more issue right. because they tackle it too. They put too much on. Oh, it's 4C hair. I need this. I need to this. put all of this But on it's the it. opposite. Right. You got to flip it. You might have to put a cream on one on one section versus like a lightweight conditioning lotion. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. So people tend to understand you just have to get yourself more frequency of conditioning because the hair problem, the cuticles are like this. So you got to constantly keep it open. Right. Open. So once you got 4C hair, you come to the salon to get it done, and it's come one time because you got, it's your hair. Right. It's gonna set to the natural form. So you gotta keep it up. Right. So it's not meant for you to come to the salon one one time, once a week, once every two weeks. You got to sit there and just say, okay, I need to come back. Because this is my, t- this, this is basically what God gave me, you know? So, you know, that being, you know, say it. Okay. All right. Salon, salon stylist professional recruiting. That's the topic. <clears throat> So when I was in San Antonio, I'm, I'm gonna be honest, mm-hmm. I was one of those people that got snatched up a lot by 
met many different salon owners, and this was even fresh out of school. And I just attributed it to the fact that I knew how to do hair. I didn't know everything about hair, but at least if you put some on my chair, I knew I could do a sewing, I could throw some color. I, I was right, I was able to do a walk in, but when it came to building clientele, talking to people getting people to stay in my chair. That was something I had to learn from being in a private, I was in private salons. Only only corporate salon I ever worked in was Ulta. Ulta? Yeah, I never worked in another corporate salon. So that's why I'm used to this kind of setting and this type of structure uh-huh. and how it is. Like, I didn't like being in the corporate salon because, no, I don't. You weren't used to it, right? That, and then I didn't mind not getting paid hourly because who wants to sit there and I have to sit there and look at my books and think, okay, I'm making ten dollars an hour. I gotta make, you gotta make double, double, mm-hmm. but you gotta make it in the least amount of time. So if they schedule you for six hours, approximately you should be making more than 60, more than sixty dollars. Yeah. If you only making sixty dollars, you just you might as well go home and take your little. You know, ten dollars an hour. But when you keep seeing them checks over and over, all you was making was ten dollars an hour, and you know you just put in fifteen hundred dollars worth of work in service, yeah. oh, it, that yeah. it cuts so deep. That's crazy. It cuts so deep because not only that, they tax it too. They taxing. Yeah. They taxing, and then they taxing the tips. Right. Ooh. Mm-hmm. That's what I want to talk about. Okay. Right. So me being a salon owner, as long as I have been, I have worked in chain salons just as well as private salon so I started out in a private salon just like you I had a talent coming out of school in a clientele but what I didn't know um, that I needed some more experience being more diverse um, learning how to tackle straight hair just as well as African-American hair right so when I went to those chain salon it gave me an opportunity to do that but then at the same time it also gave me practice Right. But I didn't do well with them either because I got fired every place that I worked at. Yeah. So, because I felt like my skill set wasn't where they wanted me to be more of a beginner, but I was hungry to do what I knew how to do. I didn't want to do what they told me to do. I wanted to just work on what I was comfortable with, and that was pretty much African-American hair. Mm. But however, they, they were strict. Like, I couldn't... Um, like if I mess up on a haircut, I get a right up. Mm-hmm. Like come because you know back then I used to need a short skirt. You know I was like eight, nine or eight pounds, but you know I wore a short skirt because you know I was 18, 19 years old, honey. So you can't make me wear no skirt to my knee. Right. So, but I used and that to, ain't cute. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so me working in the private salon just pushed me harder because I knew, you know, that I needed um, to make some money. Right. I had moved from out of town. And my mom's like, oh, you coming back home. I'm like, I ain't coming home. So I had to prove to her that I was coming back home. So, and I like the environment because when you work in a private setting, everybody's like doing their thing. You, oh, I want to do her like that. Well, I want to be like that. So it pushes you harder to yeah. work alongside someone that got experience. Right. So that's how I grew. So I have worked with a lot of amazing styles in my industry to push me mm-hmm. to where my, my elevation is. Then for them, to do that, and then they saw my skill set, and they was booked with their client, they would give me their client. Mm-hmm. So that's how I grew, you know. And then also too, being in a private, in a in a professional environment, more of a uh, a private setting, it's like 
the work, you become as a family. Like, right. you do things together. That's why I always do it to work with other than by yourself. So, you got a lot of people telling you to work in sweets. No. The working on sweet, but why yeah, they got yeah. so many, they got the African American style and want to work in sweet because they try to separate us. Mm-hmm. They're trying to keep us separated. You don't grow in an environment, especially professional atmosphere. What if something happened? Mm-hmm. What if you run into struggles? Right. What if you need assistance in something that you're not strong Separation in? Separation is Separation not the, not the key. So there's things that you may show me that I don't know, like it's a braiding. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're excellent braiding. I don't braid anymore. But you help so, me execute on my braid just right. by looking at but me. But I'm a good educator. Mm-hmm. So I can, I can help you and I can educate execute a lot of your style just being a good educator. You don't have to be a style to execute anything or to train somebody. Like somebody right. to teach you, like they teaching the doctors how to be surgeon, but they're not surgeon. Right. But they know. Mm-hmm. It's a different, it's the same way with hair. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of teach and educate. Like I can train her how to be the best hairdresser. She could be, be I can train her to be better than me. But because of her skills, that's going to allow her to elevate even higher. Do you yeah, understand what I'm saying? Exactly. But I can see it. So you don't have to have that hardcore hand just having a visual mm-hmm. to kind of see what the consumer wants, what they're looking for, say, okay, you need to perfect this. It's not neat enough. The part is cricket, da 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 yeah. Versus me just showing you. I'm looking face-to-face and looking at your work and say, okay, if I, well, how much I would pay for this hairstyle? If I'm right. looking at this hairstyle and it's not up to par, we charging... $200 in a private setting, it got to look like it's worth $200. Right. So that's how you can elevate. There are so many stylists that went to school and spent $30,000, dollars $50,000 for a degree in doing hair in the house. Mm-hmm. What the hell? You go to school to get a degree, but take your degree to the house. Ain't nothing but African American styles. Yeah. And I'm just going to call it and real. And some people are talking and about And why are right there now? so many hairstylists broke don't have an income, struggling out here. They can't afford booth rent. They feel like they can't, but they can if they sit down, harm themselves down to be able to be structured. So people tell them how to elevate themselves. Right. They so caught up in me, 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 they're not going to elevate. You never will elevate in the house. Never. I had never saw someone that tell me to this day that they are the baddest hairstylist in the house. I'm not saying they ain't there. But I ain't seen it. Yeah. I haven't seen it. I, and, and if you are in the house, I don't suggest that be the last, that be your last, you know, your last stop. I, I feel like you're in the house. You need to sit there and work hard towards getting somebody in somebody's business. And, and Because what it do is <clears throat> want to set you up. You can be damn good. You mm-hmm. could be better than, and a, a lot of them are. That's a, that's a sad thing. They just have, have so no many people in the house. That is very talented. Oh my God. But because they don't have no structure, and they don't have nothing to work against, to push them even higher than where they are, they are comfortable. They're complacent in what they're making. Right. If you're comfortable making $500 a week, $800 a week being a hairstylist, and once you buy your product from that and pay your bills, there ain't no money. No. Because at the end of the day, being a hairstylist, it's your overhead that kills you. Yeah. You may think you make money, but you really don't. Because when I was a commissioner, I actually pocket more money being a commission starting out when I was a stylist because I had to pay booth rent. I had to learn how to pay booth rent. I had to learn how to buy all of my products. And it took years for me to build my cabinet. It took years. 
So people feel like, oh, I don't want to work off commission in a private salon, but it's better because you ain't got to get hurt in your pocket. Because right. when you do have a slow week, a slow day, you got to worry about trying to stress. Right. And nowadays, it's important for people to be on commission now than it was back in the day because a lot of people are coming to get their hair done. Mm-hmm. People are natural now. So natural people are not coming to get their hair done. They're doing weeds. They're doing wigs. They're doing sewing. Those services that they are not coming back to the salon like once a month, every two to three right. months, which they should be coming every two weeks. But they're not going to because you know why? They oh, spend it two and three and four hundred dollars on their bundles. So they're saying, so I'm they gotta save up for that, next, gotta save that up next service. That yeah. next service. Mm-hmm. So am I making sense? Yeah. yeah. Like yeah. it's crazy. It's just, yeah. I mean, so just finding the right team, the right staff. You wanna find somebody that got that high drive. And then being a hairstylist, you got to put the work in it. Everybody think they're gonna get the success overnight. No. A lot of people look at my experience, my success, and think because they're gonna work up on me, they're gonna get the same success. It's not gonna happen because I'm me. Mm-hmm. You need to concentrate on your success. Now I'm here to guide you and to lead you to be the best that you can be. But it's gonna be your profession to be able to keep people in your chair. Right. I can put them in your chair, but can I keep them in your chair? It's gonna be up to you. Mm-hmm. I did my part as your salon owner and your um, leader, your boss to kind of help you. Yeah. But then again, you go to school to learn how to keep that as a job. Okay, you know what? Now I'm in a private salon. I got this lady in my chair, so how am I going to keep her in my chair? Right. And people got to understand, keeping people in your chair is not all about the bed, being the best style. Right. People in your chair is not going to stay in chair because you're the best cutter. It's a relationship. It's a relationship. Mm-hmm. And it's all about that woman keeping her hair on her head. And, it's and, a, and, and, and that's why I say it's a ministry because a lot of times, you know, and you know this is true, a lot of times people ain't going to pay no tithes and be in a part of no ministry that ain't about what they talk about. They're not applying what they talking about right. or what they teach. So if we're teaching healthy hair care, but you in the house doing glues and you gluing people's hair down to the scalp and their hair coming up at the scalp and they don't know what's going on. They get fungus all in their roots and scalp. But they, where you working at is also not as clean, not disinfected, not sanitized, nothing. I mean, you you bound to have people that's coming to you that's having their hair coming out, you know, or having other issues like sanitation problems. You know, it's all kind of infectious things going on that people don't really know about or get into doing hair in the house. They don't talk about it as much. But I feel like doing hair in the house and doing hair in the suite, which I've experienced, Mm -hmm. either way you look at it, it's a hard way to have any kind of business going. Because you, I don't know how other, I don't, me personally, I feel like I thrive better being a part of a setting where I got multiple people around me who are also creative. That's why I always say dope artists link up. Like, I really believe that. What'd you say, what now? Dope artists link up. Oh, yeah. I always say that. Because I really do believe, like, if we all have a, if we're all like-minded, we all share a vision, but we can piece those visions together and tie them together, that's what gives you the momentum and the drive. And you not get and I and when I was in the suite, I didn't get that because of course I was by myself. Mm-hmm. And then you know it's boring. It's it's it is boring. I mean yeah. I can go out and talk to other people, but if I need some help 
it ain't working like that. Yeah. Now we had uh, we had the salon owner who managed the suites and owned the suites where she would knock walls down. And if two styles wanted to get together and team up, she would knock the wall down. Mm-hmm. So that's how it's supposed to be. And and it made sense right. because when you need yeah. help, you got somebody that's sitting right there. She went on her next client to come, she can help. Mm-hmm. And they will come from there. Like, we have that kind of setting and environment, but it's not like that everywhere. No. It's no. not like that everywhere. No. So we got an amazing set. So that's what I'm doing. Like, this is, this is all about my ribbon cutting, mm-hmm. bringing in um, a team in my industry before I retire, before I leave my business and other. I'm, I'm looking to leave my profession that I love so much and I have a passion for that we have to change, we have to make a difference. Yeah. in Augusta because me traveling all over the United States my whole career because I have been everywhere that you can think of all over west coast east coast you name it I've been there and the the togetherness especially in not our culture and how they run this run it's amazing mm-hmm. it's always been like a team effort thing when I when I when I went to training for all my color services all of my experience I know what color services they was together as a team. Yeah. You know, but I had never been into the setting, being in a black setting, to learn different types of techniques. It was always white. Mm-hmm. And it's sad. So while we can't, so everybody's so afraid of somebody doing more than what they're doing, but people gotta understand, you be successful together as a team. But somebody you gotta do, do something, somebody right. gotta do something better than you. It, but, it's, but see, the thing about it is, when you're working together as a team, it ain't no, it, even though it's gonna be, what, what we used to say is going to be a little competitive, but it right. must be in a good way. Right. When you're innocent, when you're innocent one in a good way, just like this Beyonce, oh, she's amazing. I want to be a singer like her. Not saying you want to be her. Right. You just like her drive. You, you, you like the idea where she's at. Right. But she worked hard to get where she at. You know, everybody's not going to be a Beyonce, but they ain't going to sit there and say they're not an artist. Mm-hmm. They're not a singer. But everybody, God put everybody in their own area. Right. Whatever's meant for you is for you. How, how you want to take it. You can sit there and just try as hard as you want to to be the best singer. If it's not for you, it's just not for you. Mm-hmm. We all are different. We all made different. God give us everybody a, a gift. So until you search, me, I believe in allowing God to allow you to lead. You ask God what he wants you to be. And if you let God lead in those areas, that's the area that you're going to be successful at. Right. And you know what you're mastering. So a lot of people want to sit there and tackle and this, 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 and which is good because we all have a lot of talent. But I would ask at the end of the day, which one of those services is I'm happy doing? Right. Which one of those services that's going to bring me me? You know, just like the answer, I love makeup. I can do makeup just as good as I can do hair. You know, but hair is my passion. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I like shortcut. People would think color is my thing, which I love color, but I can cut my hair. Yeah, I wouldn't cut your hair off. So that is where, if I had to choose, I would do haircuts all day. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Because I, I love color. I have grown to love it even more because this is what's trending. Yeah. So when you're a hairstylist and you want to keep your business alive and you want to keep yourself up and going, people want to sit there and say, well, people at your age, 51 years old, they're retiring after 30 years. But it's just like with your profession, like you just starting out. I am. To me, I'm just starting out because I have a passion for it, and I feel that there's a need for me. Right. People need me, consumer need me, and the young folks like you guys need me to help you guys to lead to right. be a better hairstylist. Yeah. So when I leave here, I can leave back a legacy to you guys, and you guys can all remember Nappy Pat. <laughs>
But of course, but of course. Like, where is Nappy Pat? Where is Nappy Pat? She on the beach. She on the beach. Uh, our, uh, our boss has retired. She left us the business. <laughs> yeah. So. And no, like no, we will not call her. <laughs> one, thing I, <clears throat> one thing I noticed when I was in San Antonio was um, I had learned the Summit Salon system. Oh, what failed? Oh, I learned the summit, the, the summit salon training. Mm-hmm. That's what we, that's what they taught us in school too. And basically, it's like you know, as you get, you know, you get your style, you get your stylist in there, mm-hmm. and basically you train them up to have a stake in the salon. Basically, they have a percentage of the salon that they own once they get to a level four A. Mm-hmm. Oh. Once they get to a level four A. Well, I heard, yeah, they heard they, they had like a bronze. Silver and gold team, yeah. but because I this guy in Atlanta, he owned the Genesis. He owned like a lot of something, but his first area was the Genesis. So he had different levels, but they was bronze, gold, and silver. So when they're in your environment, you start off bronze, right? Then you go up to silver, then you reach to pla- gold and platinum, right? Right. And that's when your pay scale change. Yeah. Oh. That's when he allowed you to um, invest into the business. Once you reach yeah. And then that oh, way, salon sure. yeah. is owned by four people, by six people. The, right. Everybody has a stake in the has salon. A percentage. Everybody has a percentage that they own in the salon. Oh, wow. And if you want to sell your portion, you can sell your portion. But why would you want to sell that? No. Let it grow. Let it bubble. But see, that's it. And that's the but thing. we have to be able to learn how to work together. And patience. And patience. And see, you know, I just tell young people. <clears throat> Put the work in People want to be doing hair at age 26 and want to get in my shoes at 26. Not trying to sit there and say mm-hmm. that you don't have the talent, uh-uh, but you don't have the years. Yes. It's not that it's my hands, it's my knowledge. Right. Yeah. It's all about knowledge. And you don't gain knowledge to years. Like a lot of people sit there and say, well, I'm a trichologist. Now you just became a trichologist, but I guarantee I know more. I'm, a tri- I'm not a licensed trichologist. I haven't finished up my class yet, but I'm almost there. But I guarantee I know more than a trichologist know mm-hmm. because of my years. Yeah, yeah. The experience. You become a good a specialist. When a person becomes a specialist, it's because of the years they put behind it. Right. You may become a specialist early, but I guarantee that doctor that has been 60 years old no more than you know mm-hmm. because of the experience and the years that he put behind Because he has tapped into everything that came his way. Right. So like with me with hair, I know hair because I have seen every walks of life. So my hair has been in it. 30 years in hair, I sleep, eat, dream hair. I even eat hair to this day. And I know what it tastes like. I know the texture of it. <laughs> but I'm just being real. Mm-hmm. It just I can look at your hair and kind of say, okay, I know what it's going to do because of the years. Yeah. Not, uh, not just say, oh, okay, I went to school and it was taught. Because they teach you the basics. They only teach you straight They only basics. treat you yeah. the basics. But a lot of your talent is going to come with experience, trial and error. Like when you're a good colorist, you're a good colorist not because of the fact that yeah, you took class, you taught something in I the top school, up. but I'm a good colorist because I make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And sometimes my mistakes come out to be top mistakes. It caused me to use my brain, calling me to understand the color wheel yeah. or how color ears or the underlying pigment, um, your skin, you know, you got red undertone, yellow undertone, your, high, your eyes is dark, so I already mm-hmm. know that your melanin in your skin is going to be even higher so that means it's gonna take a long time to process i know you got hot i mean just so much i know this friend's gonna come in she's light skin she got light brown eyes she's gonna be sensitive so her hair gonna start lifting quicker 
Right. And y'all use the same color. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's a lot of stuff that you learn, not just for being taught. It's mm-hmm. because of the experience that you put behind, the work that you put behind. And just because when you put the work behind, the money's going to come. Right. The money's going to come. I make money starting out doing hair. But you attract all of that too. Right. So you attract all of that too. The difference is that when I started out at a young age, I had to do a lot more hair mm-hmm. than I have to do now. But it was worth it all because it lead me up to be here. Am I where I want to be at? No. If I would have left Augusta, yeah. <laughs> because of the city, the town. Like the lady came in. I ain't gonna call no name. Well, you in Augusta. People tell me, well, Pat, your price need to be because of Augusta. Hell no. Mm-hmm. If I got to base my price because I'm in Augusta, I would have been gone 50 years ago. Mm-hmm. Okay? So you're going to pay me for my experience. I've been doing hair for 31 years. This lady came at the end of the day asked me how much the press is. I said, well, ma'am. Press was cheap uh, when I was in my um, team. I'm 51 years old. So, press is not going to be $25 anymore. No <laughs> oh, yeah. You remember? Yeah, so yeah. broken. So, and I tell her, I said, I understand what you're saying. She said, yeah, I just haven't been to this. I said, it's different. That was yeah. a long time Things ago. Things have changed. Things have changed. You know why she came in here, Miss Pat? Because she said, uh, no, because remember when you sent uh, me down there, um, to go walk around mm-hmm. with uh, it was that day we were supposed to do the um, it's that sugar. the um, the cancel, the cancel walk. Mm-hmm. So um, I went over there to the Richmond Summers and mm-hmm. I um, I saw her outside. So I ended up passing out the um, I gave her a card. Mm-hmm. I gave out like three or four cards to um, different people. Mm-hmm. So she, that's what she was saying. She was like, "You had came down there to Richmond Summit, so so that's why um, that's why I came in here. You know, I brought my lady in here to um, to see what y'all could do to her hair. Right. So I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's good. So and these are the things like. Huh? It's right here. Now, yeah, they have a yeah. little easy. Oh, oh, it's like a, it's a season. <laughs> yeah, it's a thing. But so that's why when you have these downtimes, we need to be doing something. Yeah. 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 All the time. So